0: John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. It's on page 1109. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. He was in the world, and through the world, and, sorry, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said... He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known.
1: Well, good evening, everybody. Christmas lights. Or so my family says, whenever we drive around at night and if we see lights in a tree maybe at the front of someone's house. It's really fairy lights. This time of year, though, of course, Christmas lights are what we see. Uh, I was sitting in our front room last night preparing, and as I sat there... The number of cars going up and down our street, particularly as it got darker, seemed to increase. And the speed of the cars slowed down. Uh, we live on Peck's Road in North Richmond, and just round the corner, of course, is O'Day Place. Now that's where you'll see Christmas lights. Everyone seems to come. It becomes like a community event once a year. Uh, This year, December began on a Saturday and I noticed as people in our street were out getting their lights ready to go for that night. But at the end of it, what's the significance of it all? What does it all mean? You see, come the 1st of January, what's going to happen? Uh, They'll all have been taken down, put it in boxes and probably put back into storage in the garage. Uh, Those lights only shine for a little while. The crowds will disappear And we'll go back to life. However, (coughs) excuse me, as I think about that, uh, thinking about those lights that shine in the dark, I can't help but lift my eyes up and consider the lights that shine in the sky. The stars that have been shining for so much longer, Uh, the light from them has been coming for far longer. Our closest star, Proxima Centauri, it takes apparently about 4.3 years for the light to reach us here on earth, and you can't even see it with a naked eye. But the other stars, some, hundreds, thousands, millions, even billions of years, that light has been coming. But today, as we look at our passage, we get lifted beyond even that as we consider a light that was coming into the world from before the beginning of time. So let's begin by considering the eternal nature of this light. Pick it up with me in verse 3 of John chapter 1. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life, was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Uh, Linking back to last week and what Sean said to us about the Word, uh, the Word was there in the beginning. Uh, The Word was with God and the Word was God. Well, John, it seems, expands a little bit on this point uh, as he talks about how through him all things were made. In fact... Everything has its existence because of Him. Of course, we're talking about Jesus. Now, sometimes in uh, some circles, I hear people talking about Jesus coming into the world as like a plan B. Uh, God creates this world. He says it's good. Actually, He says it's very good. And then He puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and says to them, look, enjoy and enjoy everything that's there. Oh, by the way, don't eat the fruit from that tree. And then, what do they do? Being human, they seem to go and eat straight from that tree. And so God sort of looks down, and what does he say? Oh, hang on, didn't see that coming. Need a plan B. Uh, Jesus, you're not doing much. Why don't you like become a human, go down to earth, and um, you can live the good life. Uh, you can suffer, die, rise again, and, and then we'll make you king. That's what I hear people sometimes saying. But John debunks that theory straight up. What did he say? In verse 4, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. You see, from before the beginning of time, in Jesus is life. In fact, John chapter 3, verse 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has life. Before sin, Jesus was the life that was the light of men. After sin, Jesus is still the life that is the light of men. After Jesus comes, he still is that light, just more revealed. Uh, the darkness, though, was there. Even in that darkness, the light still shines. The problem is the darkness has not understood it. As John goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 36, so, sorry, I've forgotten how that starts, whoever rejects the sun will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So whether it's before or after Jesus' earthly appearance, Jesus is still that light to the world, sustaining, giving life to those who will trust in him. God's plan was always to send Jesus. He is the light after all. But what happens to the light today? The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We love the Christmas lights, don't we? Even as I stand here, I look behind me and there's a tree with Christmas lights on. Uh, This morning I had somebody ask me halfway through the service, can you please turn the lights on? Uh, We love them. But if I look at Christmas and how it's celebrated today, where's the focus? Santa? Reindeers? Yes, there is the odd nativity scene. Uh, Just this last week I went for a walk through a shopping centre. For me, it was a quick walk. I don't like shopping centres, especially at this time of year. But as I went through, I looked, and I could have blinked and missed it, but there in the corner, I saw it, a nativity scene. But it was sort of hidden away, almost in the dark, just like the shop right near it, closing down, no longer important, no longer significant, but we should probably still have it. In fact, I couldn't help but wonder, is it just we Christians who go, oh yes, the nativity scene's there, yay, and nobody else actually cares? It's been happening for years. The light of Jesus coming into the world, a baby in a feed trough cared for by a teenage mother, and unwed father, surrounded by animals. If I look at that picture, it just looks so drab and boring compared to all the lights and the show and everything else around it and the glitz and whatever else you might see. I can't help but wonder. Maybe we need to repent, don't we? Have we fallen into the trap of the world? Have we lost the significance of the light coming into the world as a baby? The light who gives us life. Have we got good at hiding it away in our world? You see, the light is penetrating the darkness, but have we got so good at building up walls to pretend that it's not there, that we're forgetting it? Maybe we need to get back to the Christian meaning of Christmas. Should we think of Santa, maybe in a totally different way? Many Christians actually do, I know that. Should we consider more deeply how we might show the light of christmas at this time of year how do we care for this lost world at christmas time how do we show that how do we love them how do we make sure that in fact we're only that we're not just 5 minutes behind the rest of the world in moving on from any sort of religious talk suppressing the light Allowing the darkness to blind us to the truth is actually only giving in to the evil that's in our world. Let's repent, turn back to God, recognising that light that was coming from the beginning. But that darkness, it's been there for a long time. In fact, it's been there since the beginning, since Adam and Eve sinned. They've been trying to suppress the light from the Garden of Eden through Abraham and then the history of the nation of Israel, people failed to trust God. Uh, they did not see the light for what it was. Uh, at the start of our service tonight, we had the words from Isaiah the prophet read. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Isaiah. Uh, at this time, the nation of Israel has been split in two. Things are going so bad that the northern nation called Israel, has been taken over by the Assyrian Empire. In fact, these guys are so good, they've pretty well taken over almost all of the southern nation except for the capital city of Jerusalem. And as Sennacherib, the great general, stands at the door and knocks, the people are afraid. He offers a treaty, which is really just, you do what we say and then we might think about protecting you. It's not a very nice treaty at all. They're scared for the rest of their lives Their people are running low on supplies. They don't know necessarily where their next meal is going to come from because the city is closed off. Yet Isaiah looks beyond this situation. He sees something more significant. Uh, See, if you want to come back to Isaiah chapter 9 with me, you might see it there with me. Uh, As I look at these words, uh, particularly the end of our reading, I was struck again with a memory that I have myself. About 20 years ago, I had the privilege of going along and uh, seeing what's called Handel's Messiah. Now, I'm not an expert on it at all, but one of the songs I remember, there was this sort of quiet singing and then the whole power of this massive hundreds of people choir just unleashed at once with these words about this baby that was coming into the world. And it seemed like the whole pipe organ in the town hall was opened up and you had these words said in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. And here's where the power comes. wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. What a series of descriptors for a baby to come. But did you notice where the passage starts? It's not just in that final conclusion, but if you go back to verse 2, the people walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. In the midst of that dark, terrible situation, God's light shines. The light has been seen. A light has dawned. Now it was going to take 700 years for Jesus to come into the world, for that light to be revealed. But here, in between, we see many empires rise and fall. God's people actually shrink in size. They get even smaller, it seems, than this capital city of Jerusalem. They become a small little remnant. Even the established religion loses its way, falling under the darkness of power. So the darkness did not understand it. How did God choose to break through this darkness? Well, he sends a man, a man as a witness concerning the light. Come back with me to John chapter 1, where we see this man. Verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. John comes preaching a ministry of, or a message of, repentance. The repentance required from all people who have turned away from God. He only came to preach repentance, not to be the light. He witnesses to the light. He testifies concerning the light. He prepares the way. But he's not the light. A number of years ago, I remember teaching a class of mine, and uh, I had a student in the class who didn't want to tell me what they believed. They said, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Well, in the end, finally they shared with me. And I found out something fascinating. You see, they were part of a group that's about 5,000 people in Australia, very small, Uh, she was what's called a Mandean. Anyone know what a Mandean is? No, I didn't think so. That's how small they are. Well, the Mandeans follow John the Baptist. They regularly baptise people to repent. Now, I want to applaud them for uh, their recognition of sin and the need to turn away from it, the need to repent. But there's a problem. You see, in saying they follow John the Baptist, they've actually missed John's purpose. John didn't come to be the light. He only came to point to the light. So if you're following the one that's pointing to the light, you're missing the actual light. I think that's what these people have done, sadly. Now, do I think that's a problem for us? I don't see many of us converting to become Mandeans. Uh, in my time, I lived, used to live near the Nepean River where they had baptisms, and I've only met one Mandean. I didn't even meet them over there. I met them over in Rouse Hill. I don't think that's our problem. But is there a similar problem? Do we get caught in following the wrong person? Do we go looking for the personality? that charismatic magnet-type personality and miss who they should be pointing to. You see, God does create us all differently, doesn't he? Which is wonderful. There are some people we like getting along with and others we struggle a little bit more with, but we still want to love them. But what we need to be careful of, I believe, is elevating those who we like to the position that they're not worthy of. There's only one light and so those people who we like, they should only be good to us in the sense that they actually point us to the light as well. If those people speak faithfully about the light, as John the Baptist did, then we will look not to John the Baptist or to that person, but to the light and see the light for what it is. Now I started talking tonight about lights, Christmas lights but then comparing them to the lights in the sky. Those lights that can take thousands, millions, or even billions of years to get to us. Eventually the light will come. It may take a long time, but it will come. And the light will shine in the darkness. But there's a true light. A true light that was coming from before the beginning of time. Verse 9, back in John chapter 1. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. You see, Alpha, that closest star, we can't even see it with the naked eye. But when it comes to the true light, it comes for every person. To give light to every person. Our world, though, I think, is becoming more and more intent on ignoring the light It seems to want to actually explore the darkness, no matter how far it goes. Pushing nativity scenes to the edge has been happening for years. Carols events, where only a few true light-centred carols are sung, seems to be becoming more common. In fact, in our world, you can do whatever you like, as long as you don't offend me by hinting that I'm wrong. It's all about me having the right to do the same as everyone else, to be equal and not to be judged. This week I even read an article that was complaining about parents being given advantages when it came to holiday time. Being able to choose their holiday so that they might spend that time with their children, being the parents that they're meant to be. Uh, Whilst I want to, at one level, acknowledge that there needs to be a sense of fairness in our world, and I don't think it should be presumed or assumed at all, uh, I felt like this article just focused in on the individual and their rights, rather than looking a little bit broader at family and the importance of raising children well. Uh, It saddened me to think that we've so undervalued parenting that it should even be pushed to the side when holidays are on, when school's not on and we actually have the chance to parent our children. I want to challenge and even say it even seemed to me almost perverse, the way it's been twisted. But then, the darkness is dark, no matter how you dress it up. You can use terms such as equality, which is what this article used, but in the end it seems equality denies that we're actually different. Different people made by God with different gifts to serve and to love others for the good of others. The light comes into the world for all people. It's the true light that gives light to all people. And it was coming into the world from the beginning of time. So, do we look to the light? The true light that was coming into the world? This Christmas, will the light shine through you? Will you be one who testifies... To the light? Will you be a servant of the light not a slave to your own desires and wants? Yes, we live on the other side. We know the light is Jesus that he has come into the world. We can testify to this truth showing how we are different but we need to now work even harder to do that. Let's be a light in our increasingly dark world. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, you have been working since before the beginning of time to reveal your light to this world. Thank you that the light was coming and that it in fact did come. Please help us to be people who focus on the true light, who point people to this light, and who remember that that light is the life of all people. In Jesus' name, Amen.